And good morning. It is 9.34. Joining me now, our good friend Barb Lampson, who is back again because last week you couldn't, could not barely talk. Right. There was some kind of a virus, virus or going something. around, and I had a, I had the worst cough and cold, and uh, I lost could, uh, my voice. Yeah, well, I could hardly hear you when you called. And you know what? I, I had to conserve my voice because right. every time I would uh, talk, I would uh, it would get worse, and then I'd start coughing. So it was about eight days wow. it lasted. And uh, you know what? This morning I woke up, and I feel like a million bucks, and I just think, oh, there's so much to celebrate. You know, there really when you feel is. bad, it's awful. When you feel good again, you're like, oh, thank goodness, yes, yes, yes. And the weather is perfect, and I love this cool weather for working outside. I think this cool weather has been really good for some of our plants. The I have never seen better looking vanilla strawberry hydrangeas. They their color is just beautiful, and I, I think what happens when it's really warm, which we've had in past years, is the the they start to dry out sooner. And sure. with the cooler weather, it seems like the pinks are coming out more, and they're just so brilliant. Yes. In fact, yeah. you saw one in the lobby I had. Just gorgeous. Yes. You know, the other thing is, I have that vanilla strawberry, and it, my plant has never had so many blooms on it mm-hmm. as it does this year. And they're that bronze color. I think it has something to do with the cool weather and also the amount of moisture yes. that we've had. That it, it, Everything in the garden is big and lush and... Uh, I, I just I think we've been very very lucky with that respect, and I was thinking about uh, the hurricane season that we have uh, uh, across the country and Irma coming in now. Uh, it's sometimes you have to look for things to celebrate because if you dwell too much on the negative things, you know that isn't good either. And I was reading the paper one day when I was sick and. Uh, I was reading that uh, the naturalist out at Miniopa, Steve, said that this year they had 100 monarchs out there. Wow. And normally they have about 20. So the monarchs are coming back, and they credited this to the uh, highway plantings, the interstate highway plantings in Texas, where they're planting habitat as well as food and uh, uh, milkweed for the uh, monarchs to lay their eggs on. So, you know, if everybody does their part, wouldn't that be wonderful if we would say just huge amounts of monarchs flying around again? Well, it would be neat. It's just neat to see them around. And there's been the other kind of butterfly. I can't remember what they're called, but I've seen just lots and lots of those, um, especially on, I've got a paniculata hydrangea, which are, you know, the, the, yes. not the big mop full ones. They've got a little more, I don't know how you describe them for people who don't know. Uh, they're, they're um, uh, the... Uh, the blooms on them are uh, they're they're easier to manage, but they're more. I think they're more cone shaped, you know. Yeah, and they're a little more sparse. You don't have as full of right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Y- yes, and and you know what else I've noticed about the hydrangeas? Look, if you're if you've noticed new landscaping uh, around houses, you will see hydrangeas 
in the landscape now. And that is really nice because you've got that color. You've got that change of season. And the thing about the blooms and the hydrangea, they don't they don't fall off like a lot of other plants do. They, they hang on through the winter. So if you want something there, uh, something of interest, you've got them. Or you can take them off and you can use them in dried arrangements. You can too. dry them and they look great as well because oh, I know yes, I've yes. certainly uh, dried them before. I put them in, um, you know, uh, just let them, let them naturally dry. I don't know how <clears> you dry yours, but I mean, I, I put them in the water right now so they look good. And then eventually it dries up and then they just... Well, yeah, one of the things you can do when you do pick them is uh, be sure you get as much stem as you can get, and then bind them together. Well, now you could get a really long stem. So, how? What do you mean stem? Well, because I mean, there's a it goes to the ground. Some of those branches. Y- yes, but do you want to sacrifice some of these things? Bloom on old wood, some on new wood. Right. So you're going to sacrifice some wood. Right. So, but. Um, bind them together with a rubber band and the reason you do that is as they dry the rubber band will shrink with them if you use string it'll become loose and they'll fall down so and if you uh, hang them upside down then the the stem itself everything is straighter so you can use it's much easier to to arrange and you know it's it's not too soon to start thinking about uh, uh, winter uh, display boxes outside, whether you do uh, window boxes or a- any type of planter like that. They're very, very attractive. Well, I know a lot of people like the natural look, but you, some people also can, you can do a spray paint and make them maybe a gold or something if oh, you sure. want. You know, some people, sure. of course, like the natural, but if, like you said, for a holiday box or something, maybe you want to yes. add a gold or a red or something and you can make those dried uh, plants look really pretty for a display. You know, something else that's really done spectacular in my yard this year, I've been the coleus. Now, I like coleus. It used to be... They had color and... Yeah, yeah, yeah but coleus used to be kind of sickly. Boring. And, and yeah, they, they certainly were. And I remember my grandmother's windows uh, in the fall filled with slips that she had taken from her coleus. And if you want to take slips from any kind of a plant, whether uh, no matter if it's a geranium or whatever, it's it's time to do that now. They do much better. If you wait until it's cold, cooler outside, they, they don't come off, they don't root as well, they don't like it as well. So take your cuttings right now. Well, you know what I did? Okay, so so sometimes those hybrid coleus plants <coughs> that are just the big beautiful ones yes. that grow just lush, well... The year before, I think I bought five of them. They were like $5 a piece, which is a lot. Yes. So at the end of the last fall, I did. I took cuttings and I had an egg carton. And so what I did was put a little of the potting soil, not just any dirt, but potting soil in the egg carton. And uh, I dipped uh, it in a little root hormone. Right. And I started entire egg cartons full of these. And then not all of them rooted. Some, you know, sure, didn't do sure. it. But so what then what I did is I just cut those little egg carton apart and then I planted them in bigger pots so I had this year when I started I had oh I don't know dozens of coleus that I was able to plant and by by springtime some of those plants had grown pretty big so I actually took more tops off and made more cuttings so I had more to plant around the yard so I have a a large area so that's a really nice money-saving tip yes that is and it's it's easy to do yes and like you say if you plant more than what you Cut, take cuttings of more than what you're going to want, then you're going to end up, if you lose a few, it really doesn't matter. Right, right. <coughs> so so that's what I figured. I lost a few and it was not such a big deal. But I'm glad you said now because I was going to wait a little longer, but 
and now's a good time. Also, if you've had uh, tropical plants outside, Ooh. because they always benefit from the warmth and the rain and that. Uh, for example, I have a big jade that's been outside, and I have a clivia that's been outside and has bloomed twice, by the way. It's oh. time to bring them in now. It is. Okay. They don't like the cold nights, and it's a big adjustment coming back into the house. So start bringing them in right now. Because I put a bunch <clears> of... <throat> I put a bunch of uh, house plants outside, like I have a giant cut leaf philodendron, you know, and yeah, and it, it did get a little sunburn because I think I didn't um, acclimate it enough, but it'll come back, right? Yes, it will come back. And you know, when you bring these plants in, <clears throat> anything that any foliage that you have on it that doesn't look good, you trim that off. Okay, I mean, just cut no that off, and it'll come back. back. Yeah, exactly. And it might also be that your plant has done so well that it needs to be repotted. Now, the clivia, that's one that just loves to have its roots bound up and tight in there, and that's what causes it to bloom. I'm, I'm sure that's why mine hasn't bloomed yet, because, you know, I got mine just this spring in June, right. and I put it in a pot when I got home off the plane, because I got it in Dover when we went out to the NASCAR race. And so my clivia is just in the pot, and it might take a while for it to bloom, I assume? Yeah, yeah it's gonna, it needs to do a little bit of growing on okay. its own. But, you know, um, getting it out... Um, in the spring or summer, early summer, really, and then bringing it in now is is really a smart thing to do. And then, of course, as always, you want to take and check it in the with some good, either with a flashlight or in the sunlight, to make sure you're not bringing in any insects with it. I got a story about insects <coughs> to tell you. You know, I uh, at here at work we we put plants in the display windows, and one of them we had this this great spider plant that I t- cut off eighty babies and and replanted, and then. Uh, we offered them to people in our university yes, advancement yes. division. Well, this week, a couple days ago, one of the gals from across the hall came. She goes, Karen, there's brown spots all over my all over my uh, spider plant. I don't know what's wrong. I hope it's not dying. And I said, oh, I thought, oh, gosh, I hope it doesn't have a fungus or something. Turns out it was covered with little, they look like little brown lice. So some little bugs, it was all up and down the... Oh yeah, so I'm not sure what kind they were, but they uh, hers had started to already uh, form new babies. So they were the shoots off. So I p- picked each of them off, and I, um, I just cut them, cut them off, and drowned them in the sink. But right. I mean, so obviously I had had them outside, so something probably came in on the soil. Right. And I, right. I've looked around at other ones. I haven't seen on others, so I don't know why it would be on one and not the other. But I guess yeah. it can just be, yeah. happen that way. Yeah, it's it's always a mystery, but it's <clears throat> the lesson is you know with your house plants, uh, you have to keep checking. You just you just never know, and you know keep if you had house plants in the house this summer, uh, you know check them for dust too, because you may have had your air conditioner on and a lot, and you think well there's not a lot of dust in this house. There, but there is. is, yeah, there really is, and keep turning them so that they uh, grow equally on all sides and they keep a nice shape that way and another thing that's uh, really pretty important to do right now is uh, if you've got a vegetable garden keep keep harvesting it, the beans particularly we've had such an abundance of beans uh, both the Asian long beans and the shorter bush beans and if you stop picking them they stop producing uh, flowers on them and and you won't get anymore and why not extend that season as far as possible well I planted some yellow broad beans and some green beans my green beans are doing great but the yellow broad beans out at the lake the plants just die yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, I I've never grown um, yellow broad beans, 
but they're one of, tasty. Oh my goodness! Well, good. Lois Carlson, one of our master gardeners, she grows several kinds of beans, and we'll have to ask her if she's ever had any problems with that, because she she'd be the one that would know. But <clears throat> don't give up when you when you try something <laughs> once, and you, and if you like it and it didn't work, try it in a different location. Maybe improve the soil a bit. I'm surprised since I've been doing some transplanting, how hard the soil is. It is. It, 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 with I, all the compost that I've worked into my soil, I usually like to brag about it, but I'm not bragging about it now. Well, you know, we've had some really hard rains, and that really can pound down on that, too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I believe that, that, that is a problem there. You know, we've, we've been talking a little bit about the weather, how the coolness has been good for some plants. Uh, it's also, in the moistness, it's also been really good for fungal growth. And I remember yes. I mentioned to you about how I had some problems with my my lilies uh, by the lake, the entire hillside is covered with uh, tiger lilies, yes. or day lilies, I should say, and they pretty much have all died. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. Well, I figured it out. It's something called leaf uh, streak, I believe it's called. And and it's, um, you know, because generally when you plant lilies, they seem like they're pretty invincible and not a lot of problems. But uh, one thing that it says it can cause is daylily, daylily leaf streak and daylily rust is another one. And a lot of that's associated with a lot of the moisture that you get these fungal yes, diseases. Yes. And so it starts <clears throat> with a yellow streak and it begins a to appear along the length of the leaves. At first I thought, oh, maybe it's not getting enough water because, you know, there's some, been some dry periods. And then um, then it kind of progresses downward and then the reddish-brown lesions develop and pretty soon the entire plant withers and dies. So my hillside is all withered and died. You know, another problem you might have there, um, you've got trees growing in there too. Oh, so many. Yeah, so you're shading it. So they're not, they probably actually would do better if they had less shade on them. And that's probably the reason because normally yes. daylilies are so hardy, you just can't, uh, you can't go wrong with them. They well, see, I, then that's probably an example of the wrong, or the, the plants in the wrong place because it is very shaded. So I'm going to have to find something else. But, you know, they planted them initially to keep the soil from eroding. It's, and it's great for that. It's absolutely great. You couldn't miss on that. They were right there. But then the trees got bigger and started yes. shading things out. And that happens with any kind of a landscape design. You know, we got a, a bulletin just uh, recently from the Extension Service, and they're talking about the Acorn plum gall. This is really um, acorn plum mm. gall. Yeah. Does it affect plum trees? Uh, uh, no, no, it, it uh, affects oak trees. Oak trees. Okay. What's right. the plum? It looks like a plum. Uh, oh, nope. And here's what happens: there is a wasp, the acorn plum gall wasp. It lays. It burrows into the acorns. It lays its egg in there, and this causes the uh, acorn itself to swell up to get soft and the uh, the larva eats around in there so if you see it looks like berries okay on your on your deck or someplace that's what it is it's it's there the uh, acorn a plum gall wasp is not harmful to people okay and so there is really no you don't have to spray or be concerned about that and it's also not going to hurt the oak tree so oh, okay so that's so, good to know but if you are concerned if you see these berries that's what it is uh, it is from that gall yeah all right that galls me no yeah that galls <laughs> me too <laughs> now you know and, and i'm still harvesting too and i'm going to try to 
work with my my vole which are rodents problem because they're still there and you know what happens when the winter yes, comes and yes. we've been putting food scraps in my compost and oh um, my goodness the yeah. mice have really oh, I, I have one you know I have one that's an open uh, with it with some just you know some fencing around it. and then I've got another one that's one of those plastic ones that holds the, sure. the compost in so we just thought well well we had some problem with our uh, garbage co- or compost um, what do you call it thing in the drain um Garbage disposal, yes, yes, where it got clogged up, and we said, well, let's just not put really right, anything right. down there. Let's uh, try to right. compost most of it. So we have been, but I went out there because I, I have a bunch of pears, and they all have all been falling off the tree because of the winds and things. They're right. not quite ripe, but anyway, I op- the second I opened it up, it was just this flurry of scurry, 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 scurry. I'm like, oh, boy, mice. Really? Lots of them. Well, they must like those. You know, and, and yeah, it's kind of dry too. Usually, enough. if you have um, food scraps like like bread or or grease or something like that, or seeds that go after that, we don't have those. No, but usually peelings, they they won't go after. Well, we've got eggshells and and yeah, I I eliminate the eggshells. Oh, but I, they're such good things for compost. Bob. I know they are. <laughs> but what you can do with those is just crush them up and put them in a in a bucket or something. I like okay. I like to wash mine because the washer eggshells. eggshells okay because they have the uh, the uh, yolk and that has been in there right and I think there's something in there that insects might like uh, even rodents might attracts. like yeah and and then crush them and then just work them right into the soil they don't really break down in the compost pile anyway I mean they they keep their shape just do that keep them separate. It'll be great. Yeah, It'll be well, great. I, I, I'm in a part of the other thing is I don't keep my compost pile moist and also I don't turn it which is probably the other <laughs> problem <laughs> turning is important yes yeah. it'll work faster that, yes. that's exactly right you know there's something going on out at uh, the Miniopa State Park there's lots of things going on around here on the weekend but uh, if you want to make a trip out there the leaves are starting to turn now just a little bit especially the sumac uh, on Sunday the uh, state uh, Minnesota Zoomobile oh. will be there making their presentation and they're going to be talking about uh, animals and showing some um, animals and describing their importance in the environment and what they do for us. They have two performances, which are free. One is at 1 p.m. on Sunday, and the other one is at 3 p.m. That's something that I absolutely love to do. Now, one thing about going to the state park, you have to have a parking sticker, which is for the day is $7, but for the year is $35. And you know what? If you buy that one for the year, you'll find yourself going out there more often, right. especially to see the buffalo. And that park... They're bison, Barb. Yes, the, <laughs> the bison. You'll, yes. You'll enjoy seeing the bison and their babies, and uh, and you'll enjoy seeing the trees out there as they change colors. That's a great place and to go. And all the natural prairie f- plants as well, because oh. they've tried to restore that prairie, and it's really looking good. It's, it, they've come a long ways, haven't they? The, the Setmans would be very proud of that. I wish that mill were open and they had interpreters yeah. up there. That would really, really be nice. So Maybe someday. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoy going up to our garden up at Good Council. And um, the other night before it started raining, uh, there was we were up there and there was a, a little nun there and she was gardening and she was harvesting. But you know what? 
she and she's 80 plus years old she was also planting more fall crops she was planting recently yes lettuce and spinach 30 days okay yes and so she and she was watering Mm -hmm. and i said to her i think it's going to rain she said i know but she said i'm going to help it rain she said i'm going to water yep that's true yeah (laughs) it does seem to do that so if you love loose leaf lettuce or spinaches you'd still have time to do that radish too yes and you know what my tomatoes i have to tell you the low growing tomatoes on my plants at Good Council are being attacked by something that's eating them. Okay, that, I have the same thing in my garden, Barb. Do you really? Yes, I have those super sauce tomatoes. I, I have was, those too. I was telling Harvey that I have had, well, I actually finally did the upper ones I was able to harvest, but the lower ones completely or almost completely chewed. And uh, so I was thinking either voles or squirrels. Yeah, well, and you know, we have. Of course, the electric fence wouldn't keep any of those out. No. But then we have the chicken wire going around things, but they are still in there. Well, so then I would suspect a vole probably. I don't know. You, I don't see any evidence of tunneling or anything like that. But They're sneaky. But, okay, <laughs> now here's the good news. Because we have those uh, those hoops that we grow our vegetables, some of our vegetables in. I have my carrots planted under those hoops. Oh, wait, wait a minute. With the white gauzy stuff? Yeah, but they're not gauzy. It, it's plastic and it's oh. really heavy dewy. Is it clear? And it's clear. Oh, okay. Yes. So the sun gets there. Okay. And you know what? I have the most beautiful carrots growing under there. And normally, if it was like mice or something like that... They would chew that. They would, but they can't get at this. Nice. Knock on wood so far. <laughs> so I'm thinking, wow, if the bottoms are anything like the tops, they're they're going to be just long. And you know, I had that before where the tops of my beets looked great, and then they had chew holes all <laughs> through them. So I'm, I hope for you that you don't have them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing that you have to keep working on right now is if you have a lawn problem... You know, it perfect time to do it. Fix it, it now. It is. It absolutely is. As a matter of fact, I do a lot of hand weeding in the in the yard because I don't want to use chemicals. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you create, if you pull out the weeds, a lot of times you have a, a bare spot. So then work it up and reseed it right away, and then continue to water it. That's such a mistake that people make is they plant plant grass and you have to really water every single day until it germinates. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, once the seed, if it sprouts and it dies, it's not coming back. No. And it needs the water in order to sprout. So sometimes it's easier when it doesn't rain because you know that you put down enough water to get things to germinate. So work on that. And little by little, you get rid of the weeds and you can be very happy that you didn't put any chemicals down. I'm going to start this the, with the planting because I've got a whole big patch out at the, the house by the lake because it, we tore out a lot, and so I'm going to have a lot of big patch to, to do. You know, the problem is some of the soil there that's there now is so hard. So, I mean, and there's little pebbles and things. So, I, I you know, what what do you do? Do you have to just re-put y- dirt on know, top or what? Y- you know, what what I, in these little spots that I'm doing, and, and these aren't any bigger than, oh, I don't know, the size of a soccer ball. And I just take 
the hole and I work that up really thoroughly. And if I don't feel it's deep enough, then, you know, I get, I get the spade and I work that up and I take that soil out and I'll replace it with some of my compost. And then I'm sure it's got a good start. Of course, you have to keep watching because you know what? If you've got good soil someplace, you'll also have weeds coming in there. <laughs> because they go to the path of least resistance. They, they absolutely do. I, I just think how many weeds are there in a person's yard and how can they grow like this just year after year? It beats me. Uh, yeah, so so plant your, your lawns now and there's still going to be a, a few more times you're going to be mowing. So wait till it seems like there's not going to be any more time left to mow that the, the grass is going to slow down. That That's when you set your mower at its lowest because um, now just keep doing it regularly until we get yes, a lot of cold. Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. And don't get s discouraged with the garden. If you <laughs> see weeds, continue to pull them out because right now they have the seeds on them and you leave them and every single weed can make thousands more, it seems Many like. thousands more, that's right. So so some of the, the weeds I've been pulling, Barb, some of them out of the yard, some of them by the edge of the road and stuff, I put them in a plastic bag because if you just, you know, don't put them in your compost. They're going to sprout. And don't leave them lay on the and grass. Yes, that's that's the reason. I put them in a plastic bag and I actually throw them away. Yeah, I, that's what I have to do too. And I used to make a pile and then at the end of the day I'd, I'd clean it up. I don't do that anymore. Oh, you Be don't even do that? No, okay. because the seeds are, are ready off? to burst. Yeah, 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 they'll come off. And, and so don't, absolutely don't do that. But you know what has surprised me is the daylilies that I have... And I thought, daylily foliage, daylily foliage, not so. I have some quack in there. Oh. So I have some daylilies that I have to lift out and get the quack, quack out. out. Mm -hmm. Because once that has a, a home place to grow, it will branch out Easily, in every yes. direction. So um, get to the heart of it and get that out. Especially those fine-leaved uh, Daylilies like the Stella de Oros because they a lot of times they have those narrow leaves that that you I often find that oh there's a, a quack in there because they yes get yes oh that quack I mean that can survive without water without sunlight I mean it, it and it it burrows for such a long distance before it comes up too buy your bulbs uh, get a good choice now because oh, the, yes. a lot of bulbs for sale falls the time to plant your bulbs whether it's tulips crocus fritillaria. Um, daffodils. Any, any, yeah, any yeah. of those things. And as a matter of fact, I've seen lots of sales for perennials. It's a great time. And if you've got something that's crowding out other plants, I mean, bite the bullet, dig it out, divide it, share it with somebody else, find a new place for it, whatever. But don't let things just continue to crowd each other out because nothing's going to do well then. You know, it's funny. If you go along and look at different people's yards you can you know you can look and see well when this was planted when they built the house it was obviously very pretty and now it just looks like a big old mess because nobody's maintained it and yes plants must be maintained there's no such thing as maintenance free unless you have plastic no. ones. and that's particularly true of, of woody shrubs yes it, you it, you want them to get bigger when they're small but you should be shaping them all along and when they get leggy and the top has got all the foliage on it but the bottom you just see the branches that is not good that's not a good look in your landscape so you might have to bite the bullet and go clear down to the bottom with them that's right a lot of work but it's all worth it in the end yes that's right Karen. thank you barb thank you karen all right